welcome to the Snap UK podcast week four edition. Uh, the first thing to note for this week is this Titans-Steelers game was postponed at the last minute after all the Titans went down with COVID. Uh, but I believe they are now returning uh, negative tests. So, you know, they can be back on the schedule next week. There'll be more about COVID later in the show, but that is the game that's missing from your week four lineup. So, hello everybody. John, Jim and Gary are with me. Uh, no fourth and inches I see this week. He uh, couldn't be bothered once again. Or he's working. One of the two. Um, John joins us all the way from sunny Scotland. Say hello, John. Hello, John. Uh, Jim joining us all the way from not far down the road from me in the rain. And Gary is actually back in the doghouse for the first time in months. Uh, one yeah. day, his wife's going to let the rest of us go around there again as well. Oh, you could have come round. I invited you. It's just... Uh, Obviously, I will turn up when we're, when we're all able. When we're all able, that'd be nice. Right, guys, we've got uh, quite a lot to get through. There's still 15 games to, to attend to and the first of our uh, four weekly power rankings. So we're going to dive straight in with the big news coming out of the weekend, which is uh, after much speculation, the, the Houston Texans have fired Bill O'Brien as both GM and head coach. Following a 31-23 defeat, defeat to the equally useless Vikings, who were notching up their first win of the season. Uh, guys, let's get the game out of the way quickly here. Um, God, do we have to? Yeah, we, we have to. Did anybody see anything from this game that you would consider to be a Bill O'Brien redeeming feature before we get into him? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, that, that was short. I mean, there's a couple of points here. Uh, once again, the Texans were trailing at halftime, uh, and that's 4-21 and 21 over the last four seasons when trailing at halftime. So there is never a second-half plan. Um, Dalvin, uh, only the second time in his career he'd managed 100-plus yards rushing in consecutive games. You wouldn't have thought that from a guy who's played that well. And uh, I actually thought the Vikings showed some... Some actual uh, guts for a change. I thought they'd been gutless over the first few weeks of the season. But 260 yards and a touchdown and nothing wrong out of Kirk Cousins. That's all he has to do. And 130 yards rushing from Cook with two touchdowns. That is how this team should be playing. Losing Diggs, I think, has been a bigger blow than they wanted. But Thielen and Jefferson both crossing the 100 yards receiving. Like, this is the ideal game. You let... Cousins manage and don't ask him to do too much. And you just push from there with the run game. That's all you have to do. And coming up against the Texans team with no ideas, this is exactly the get-right game the Vikings needed. And probably yeah. takes a bit of heat off of Mike Zimmer. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at, uh, we'll come on to it later, but you, you look at the, the Cleveland-Dallas game as well. And obviously, Cleveland coach Kevin Stefanski came from this Vikings offense. Uh, and the, the two teams are really similar. Have a good running game and don't ask your quarterback to do too much. Yeah, they've got they, both teams have got great receivers. I think Justin Jefferson looks like the real deal uh, rookie wide receiver. He's, he's looking really good. And don't ask your, your quarterback to do too much. And both Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins are, are that type of quarterback. The other similarity is is the run run defense on, on the other side of the on the other side of the ball. The Texans are currently giving up 181 yards per game against rushing attacks. <laughs> that is insane. 181 yards. 
Um, and they're not that much better on the passing. Um, and they're giving up 31 points, points a game. We said it last week. This defense is terrible. The offense is okay, but they're never going to perform that well if the, if the defense isn't up to it, up, up to kind of scratch. Deshaun Watson is a great player. Larry Tunsil is a good left tackle. Outside of that and JJ Watt, there really is nothing on this team. And the sad thing is that there's no draft capital to rebuild this team either. So whoever comes in as GM has got a really tough job. Yeah, I think that's all fair points. Anyone want to have a guess the last time a team allowed four games to start the season losing 160 or more rushing yards in each game? Maybe three years ago, Hugh Jackson was at the Browns. Yeah. It was 25 years ago, the Arizona Cardinals of 1995 were the last team this poor against the run to start the season. That's bad. That's like historic level bad for a team that have prided themselves on the defence in the past. Um, Yeah, but I think we've still got to keep going back to the fact that if you look at the amount of, like, there was only like two games where both teams didn't score 20 points. Yeah, there's been an insane amount of points scored in the start of the season. It is just crazy. And you wonder how much time they are getting to coach, you know, as well as they normally do. Yeah. And deep uh, defense is hugely about coaching, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. That, that I mean, that is a really good point. You're, you're absolutely right. But every team has the same, have got the same problems. And not every team is giving up nearly 200 yards on the ground each game. No, I mean, the Texans have given up 100-yard rushes in three of the first four games. They only gave yeah, up four. Yeah, but I'm sure you're going to tell me a load of stats that a load of other teams have got, but, you know. But, but what I'm getting at is this pass defense, you know. They're all this giving up. same defense last year, with more or less the same pieces on it, was very, very good against the run. So it's not all about uh, the players and the coaching, because that hasn't all changed. The coach up until yesterday was the same coach, and the players are more or less the same players. They just there was nothing being gotten out of them at all. They looked defeated coming on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I think you know defense as well. You've got a few bigger guys as well, haven't you, on the defense? You know how how is conditioning at the moment? You know there's there's yeah. all sorts of things that come into play, and each team's got to deal with it differently. I think in essence, you know that Texans team, you've just got a franchise quarterback with nobody around him. You know you just yeah. you can talk about all the other issues and all that kind of stuff, but. That is the issue. You know, you've taken away any weapons. You know, Will Fuller will score you some touchdowns, but generally, you know, he's not going to win games for you. No. And now that... they've got very little else. He's just going to be double coverage most of the time. It's... You know, so, you know, there's major issues. Like they've made some ridiculous decisions. Yeah. And you can, look, you can look at other teams who have been, you know, traditionally kind of really poor. And uh, the one that springs to mind over the last 10 years is, is the Browns. They've gone from coach to coach to GM to GM. <laughs> they've, they've had seasons where they've lost every single game and seasons where they've won one game. Um, but in all that time, they've had draft picks with which to kind of rebuild again. So, yes, they've lost, they've lost good players. They've drafted bad players. Um, they signed other players on free agency and they've never really cracked it up until, you know, maybe now. But they've always had draft capital to build in. The same with the Dolphins. The Dolphins were poor last year. This year, they, they had two first-round picks. Next year, they got two first-round picks. The Raiders traded away Khalil Mack and got a ton of a ton of picks for him to help them rebuild. There is nothing in, in Houston. They've got Deshaun Watson, 
they've got Laramie Tunsil, they've got JJ Watt, and then they've got a whole cast of B team at best players like David Johnson. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. David Johnson hasn't been the top running back in the league for five, four or five years now. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, way he's not David Johnson. Yeah, exactly. All the Gary's right. All their receivers are two and three level receivers at best. The whole defense is terrible, and I don't. And they've got the they got. This is the craziest thing. They've got the highest wage bill in the league. What? Yeah. They've just paid Deshaun. They've just paid Deshaun Watson, haven't they? Yeah. So they paid him paid my home. forty million a year, didn't they? Yeah. But they paid him a lot. Yeah, but the Chiefs have also paid Mahomes and Frank Clark and Travis yeah, Kelce. Yeah. You know, it's well. JJ Watt's been paid as well, hasn't he? So yeah. like, they've given out some massive contracts. I mean, you know, the, the problem is, you know, if, if you're Watson, you're now going. Uh, you know, I want to be uh, up there in the discussion with Lamar, Mahomes, Russell Wilson. You know, I should be up there, MVP, yeah. potential Super Bowl wins. But you know, we've seen this to lots of great quarterbacks over the year, and this is why lots of quarterbacks only win. You know, great quarterbacks. Sometimes don't win a Super Bowl, or they win one. You know, Breeze has won one. Rogers has run one one. You know, Marino never won it. Get, but it's it's not that easy, is it, to get the whole the whole thing right? No, you know? um, and that's that's the problem, isn't it? But if you're to Sean Watson, you've just signed up to five years of this. You're, you're a bit concerned. So um, yeah. So here's the thing then. Is there a case for defending Bill O'Brien? Don't jump down my throat. Just listen and then tell me whether it's defensible. Bill O'Brien, very conveniently, in seven years, has had exactly 100 regular season games as the head coach of the Texans. And, they, and his, his record is 52 and 48 regular season, so just over 500. Yeah. But don't forget and, and, yeah, but... some, some of the players he had on a team he inherited that had never had a winning season. Yeah, so, yeah, but you know the Jags are in that division as well, aren't they? Well, so I'm coming to this. So, so let let me finish my point. He, he got them to the playoff uh, four times in seven seasons. Uh, they only they only won uh, two out of the six games, I believe. But okay, they've been there. Think about the fact that they had Brock at one point playing for them. They had Fitzmagic, Brian Hoyer was a starter, Ryan Mallett. Like they've had some terrible quarterbacks. They finally got their franchise quarterback. What about Bill O'Brien's record makes you think that this is the right decision? All right, it's a poor start, but only once has he failed to win nine games minimum. So, so yeah, I mean, I think you're on, you're on to a good point there. I think Bill O'Brien is a good head coach. He's a good coach. I won't take that away from him. You're right. He's got them into, into playoffs with a relatively average team. Um but he's got he got power hungry when Bob McNair died and Cal McNair took over. Bill O'Brien saw an opportunity to have a Bill Belichick type role. He got rid of Rick Smith. He got rid of another GM who I can't even remember, and he conveniently took over that GM role to be kind of all things God of Football in, in Houston. He's a good head coach. He is not a good general manager. You look at the two trades that stand out: the the one for Larry Tunsil and the. Send DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. I don't think any other GM would have made those, those trades. I think the other team won both those trades, and that's unfortunately kind of where he comes down because he's now saddled himself with a terrible team. And no matter how good a coach you are, I don't think there's enough quality on this team to kind of win, you know, fifty percent of your games, which you need to to get into the playoffs again. 
the only thing I would say is, is you know, if you're going to allow this guy to go ahead and make all these major footballing decisions, such as getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. you know, as if he was a shit on your shoe. Yeah, if you're going to allow him to do that, then surely you need to allow him some time to show why you've done that. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. You've, you've let so, him wreck the franchise's best chance of moving forward. No, You've got no draft capital and you've lost your best player. Who, who's going to have this? Romeo Cronell's been given a job temporarily, right? Yeah, and um, he's not exactly got a massive pedigree as head coach. And you're right, no. the buck, the, but the, the only place the buck can stop now is with the, the owner of the team. And he's not going to sack himself, is he? Yeah, he's made, like, Cal McNair's made some bloody stupid decisions, which are easy to see in hindsight. But when, you know, when Bill O'Brien did take over as GM, he had a good record as a head coach. We can't deny that. And he still did. But, you know, it's been an ultimate failure is he can't be a GM. I did, I did like the fact that they were very specific when they reported the, the firing to the fact that he'd been fired from both roles. Both roles, yeah. We're going to fire you, and then we're going to fire you again. Effectively firing you twice. Yeah. I mean, two, two severance packages, though. Did he have to fire himself as head coach, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quickly to the Vikings. Um, obviously, they're lagging some way behind the Bears and the Packers, but they do have enough talent in the team to still be a playoff contender, right, at one and three? I'd still take this team over the Bears. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Bears are in and, a totally false position. Yeah. And what do we think about Mike Zimmer and his position? Is, is the season safe regardless or? Yeah, he's safe. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Definitely I, safe. I, I figured the same. I just thought I'd ask. Uh, did any of us have Bill O'Brien as the first coach to be fired, by the way? Nah, not with Gase and Dan Quinn doing what they're doing. I think we would all agree that a bad season would mean he'd get fired at the end of the year, but. I, I don't think we ever really mentioned him as someone being on the hot seat, just because of his position of power in that organisation. We I put the question around uh, before the season, and the only answers we got were Matt Patricia and Adam Gase. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Does uh, Does anyone know the other five coaches that have been fired after week four? There's only five mm. that have ever been fired this early. No. No? Okay, well, Joe Philbin at the Dolphins a few years ago. Oh, yeah. He was terrible. The Niners coach would have gone. Dennis no. Allen and Lane Kiffin were both fired by the Raiders after week four. And there were two others whose names now completely escaped me. But uh, I thought it was funny that the Raiders had two of them. <laughs> that's, that's pretty typical. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not a common occurrence. You'd think a quarter of the way through the season would be enough. But it's, it's not actually a common occurrence at all. There's only five. So, anyway... We should, uh, we should leave that catastrophe there. I think you'll see some turnaround from the Texans, but it won't be a winning franchise this season. But they've had a ridiculous schedule as well. Yeah, they have had a tough schedule. That's yeah, true. They have. They have but... That's a completely poison chalice. I would not... That, you've got no draft capital and you've got yeah. a crap team. Who is going to want that job other than a 73-year-old man? If you're going there, you, you've got you've got to be demanding another one of these six-year contracts because you can't. Yeah. You, and you've got as in an interview, you've got to be very open and honest and say, look, this isn't going to happen in year one. It's probably not going to happen in year two. Year three might be okay, but at the moment we're we're screwed. Because I mean, you look you look at the other team, the other guys we mentioned. You look at Gase. 
you look at Patricia and Quinn, who were also also on the hot seat. They've got they've got average teams, yeah. but they've also got draft capital. I mean, what can you do with the Texans other than you know hope you can? I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know what you can do because there's no one who, yeah. apart from Watson, who's got any any draft capital. So what's the point? You're just going to have to be like, okay, well, wait. You, I, we, I have a four-year plan to get back to sucking. Scott Linehan was the other one, by the way. St. Louis Rams, and I think one of them was Mike Shannon was fired really early one season. Anyway, so we're going to move on from from that. I do think the Texans will will be okay, but next year, like you say, still too soon with no capital. Another coach who should be fired, though, after the Falcons lost 16-30 to at the Packers, Dan Quinn at the Falcons. Got to be clinging on to the hottest of hot seats now. I was expecting the announcement before we came on here this evening. Surely it's over. Yeah, I, I think we've been saying that for the last few weeks, though, haven't we? Like... Why would you not now do that? Are they? Do they go into a bye next week? Mm, it's the Lions. I don't know if it's the Falcons as well. No, I mean, that's the only... Packers and Lions. Yeah, that's the only reason I can think for getting rid of them now. Oh, who's got a lawnmower going? <laughs> um, yeah, it's the Packers and, and uh, uh, Lions, like you say. So, I don't know. I, I can't give you any reason why Dan Quinn hasn't lost his job today. Well, I can, Sorry, that was my coffee machine cleaning itself. Um, the only reason I can think of is that they're going to wait until the bye because, you know, they've probably got a tough, tough run coming up. It's not the NFC South is not an easy division. Wait until the bye, bring in a new or even reserve head coach, temporary head coach and see what you can get out of this team because I... Yeah, I think he's another one, along with Patricia and Gase, who probably have to go at some point this season. If he makes it to the end of the year, then... I, I, I think... Um, By a week for them, is week 10. Yeah. I, oh, I, think, I think COVID is probably going to be having an effect because it's just not as easy, is it, to just rip everything up and start again? I just I honestly don't think that there will be as many coach firings as most seasons. And, yeah, and, and like I keep saying every time, I don't know who you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> right. it, it depends on what your plan is. If you've got, if Are you, you going to try and get Josh McDaniels again, no, no, that's because that's not going to happen. Waiting for Bill to take an overdose or like wherever he's doing his little hobo shirt, you know. <laughs> if you if you've got a someone on the staff already who can step up, like the Jets have got Greg Williams who could step up and be a head coach again. Um. If the Falcons have got someone of that ilk, and I'm not sure they have, then it's worth doing. But you know, you, you're right. You, if you're going to be, if you're firing your head coach at this point in the season, or at any point during the, the during the season, re- realistically, you're accept you're writing off this season. You're you're accepting. In the last three years, how many coordinators have been promoted and college coaches have been headhunted? There must be at least four college coaches that have come into the league, and at least four or five young you know, new thinking coordinators that have been promoted. That's a third of the league. Yeah. But that, there that's isn't how... that much more talent to go and steal, is there? Well, there so is. You're, you're sacking coaches to go and get more of the same. There's always new talent coming into the league as well. You look at the last couple of years, or a couple of years back where Sean McVay and Carl Shanahan got their first head coaching gig. 
you even look at like this year where Matt Rule at, at Carolina is doing some really impressive things with Carolina, Carolina considering the roster they've got. So there's always some, there's always an up and coming young head coach that, or offense, or offensive or defensive coordinator are out there who can change change the franchise. The other, you know, the other hand is it? Do you go an old for an old experienced head coach? I think the experience at Dallas with Mike McCarthy will probably put people off at the moment for that. And you look at you look if they fire Dan Quinn and just hire from the cut co- the coaching staff. You go get Garrett. Cutter. Dirk Carter. You don't want Dirk Carter. So, no. yeah. At least you know, he's there. He's Garrett, aren't they? That's what you're saying. Really? No, because he's got a contract with the Giants. But at least with Dirk Carter, you've got someone who has got head, head coach experience. Like I said, whatever you do, whether you fire the, the coach at, at the end of week four or the beginning of week 16, you've accepted that this season's a write-off. You're, yeah. not, you're not firing a coach if you're having a good season, are you? You've accepted you're probably not going to get in the playoffs this season. But not, you know, attempt to lose every game because these, these guys are professional, but you're accepting you've probably got a high high draft pick. You've probably got a good case to going into the college ranks or into the coordinator ranks and picking up someone new and rebuilding a franchise. Like Matt Ryan's still young enough where you can build around that quarterback. He's still got enough quality. And then, well, I heard a rumour today that, you know, is it time to shop Matt Ryan and start the rebuild? Why not? I mean, a lot of money, isn't he? Well, yeah, but imagine uh, Matt Ryan would get snapped up by someone because he's a quality quarterback. Imagine him going to the 49ers and, and teaming up with Carl Shanahan again. Broncos. Broncos. Taking with the Patriots when Cam leaves. Look, yeah. uh, the, the Falcons have got not the hardest schedule. They've got the Panthers next, then at Vikings – home against the Lions, at Panthers, Broncos. The, the next toughest game is the Saints, which is why they've got a realistic chance of being even by the time that. The, Pan- the, Panthers, the Panthers are coming off a two-game winning streak. But yeah, what I'm saying is it's not, there's not a huge difference in talent between the two teams. If anything, the Falcons are the better team. The problem seems to be the coaching. Ever since they lost the Super Bowl, Dan Quinn doesn't look like he knows how to win a game. They have been ahead or right up with the score so many times across the last three years. And they yeah. just throw it away. It's, I understand this theory that Gary comes back to every week. Who are you replacing him with? I don't think right now it matters. I think John could turn up there and do just as good a job, which means someone with an ounce of talent, anyone on another coaching staff, is probably <laughs> going to be better than Dan Quinn. I'm not, uh, no, no, I'm not picking. I just, John's was the first picture I saw on the screen. I'm just saying, <laughs> Dan Quinn is the problem with the Falcons. The, the team yeah. is. So I, I, think, I think their cornerbacks might be the problem, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah but all right. The defense you can, you can claim Dan part. Quinn if you like, but, you know, the cornerbacks are useless. That's it's... true, but the, the offense should be winning half of its games on its own. It's amazing. You look at you, you look at that defense. There's a lot more quality on on in terms of kind of named players on that defense than there is on the Texans. Yeah, and they're just not producing. I just I think they've yeah. lost all confidence in the coaching. Is what I believe. Um, we should we should give some props to the Packers though. Uh, most points yeah. ever through four yeah. games. Do you remember that 2000 was it 14 Broncos team when Peyton Manning was just hurling touchdowns and touchdowns and touchdowns? Well, the Packers have just scored more points. It, it, like they are seriously putting up big numbers. It, it's it's very very impressive uh, to, to to score the 150 points through the first four game. That's insane. 
Uh, I don't see how you stop this team at the moment. If you put them and the Chiefs head-to-head, I don't think you can tell me the Chiefs are definitely winning that game. Well, it, it reminds me of the Packers team, you know, with Eddie Lacy, but Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy being better, you know, like he's the same size as Eddie Lacy, isn't he? Jones. Is this you trying to give some credit to Aaron Jones? Without well, I'm going to give some credit to Aaron Jones. I've admitted I was so already, 18 but... months too late. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. That's fine. But you know, I saw this this clip of him like you know just bouncing off a defender. He went about three meters. He's just ridiculous. But like. That's what Rogers needs, I think, around him to play great football. Is he needs a, a great running back? A lot of quarterbacks do because it just gives you more time, doesn't it? And if you give Rogers any more time because you're worried about the run, that's it. It's game over. You give Rogers time, you got no chance. Did you see what his completion percentage was on, on last night? Eighty-one point eight percent. Quarterback rating one hundred forty-seven point five. He. Him and Russell Wilson are, are proving that it's not just Mahomes and, and Jackson that are in the MVP race. Like, oh, yeah. The two of them are absolutely flying at the moment. And Griff, you're absolutely right. Like, and Gary, you're right. It makes it easier with, with a good running back. And they've got that again. And they've got a decent running team. They haven't got quality at wide receiver. But when you've got a, a, a quarterback like Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers, you don't need quality, quality at wide receiver. The Patriots did it for years with Tom Brady. Who was the guy last night that caught the three touchdowns? First ever undrafted Packers receiver to catch three touchdowns in a game. Toynan? Tonyan. Tonyan. Yeah. I mean, they've had him, Valdez Scantling, the other Lizard. guy. That, Lazard. 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 <laughs> like, even and though... Even the though... last six games they've played without Devontae Adams, they've won them all. Yeah. Like, they don't need the quality names, but the running back really does help. I, I absolutely believe that helps. And the, the fuel of insult to... Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, elsewhere in the NFC South, then, so the Saints beat the Lions 35 29, Panthers de- defeated the Cardinals 31 21, and the Buccaneers continue to improve 31 uh, 38 over the Chargers. So let's talk about the Saints Lions game 35 29 to the Saints. Drew Brees looking every bit as good as Drew Brees needed to look, you know, no problem, but Alvin Kamara is the motor of this team. Yeah, this team goes for Alvin Kamara. Like it's it's not a Drew Brees led led team. This is about get the ball to Alvin Kamara and and hope that he does something. Like the guy is playing out his skin. Get how many touchdowns well, did he get last Two last year. It was six six touchdowns in total in twenty nineteen. He's got seven already this year. Yeah. So, uh, just saying, but it's not. It's I, I, not I, 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 I'm not sure the Saints are as um, are quite as good as they were the last couple of years. I don't feel anywhere near as confident about confident about them making a deep playoff run this year. No, not I, at I, all. The thing about Breeze that just doesn't convince me that he's going to last the season. I don't know. It's, does does I, it I matter if you put Jameis Winston into this lineup and bring Michael Thomas back? They're mm-hmm. still going to rack up points. It'll look the same as last year's Bucks that was absolutely firing points up all over the shop. Yeah, I don't know. I just the Saint nagging in the in the back of my mind that this Saints team is, you know, it might make it to the playoffs, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's any better. It's good enough or better enough than last year to go. Into yeah, the, the defense this year isn't as good as what it was last year. Like we've not seen the best out Cam Jordan yet. Um, I don't think Marcus Lattimore, the cornerback, is playing at, at the same level that he was in his rookie season or, or last last year. 
So like, they are giving up points on defense. I think the offense is fine. I think you're absolutely right, Griff. I think you put any quarterback in there with Kamara and Michael Thomas and then a few other others scattered around. I think you'll be doing fine. But the, the defense is, unless it improves, they're going to come unstuck against better teams like they did. Well, they, they won in week one against the, against the Bucks, didn't they? Um, but I think if they play the Bucks again soon, I would put, be putting money on Tom Brady. Um, has anyone noticed the complete lack of, of anything important out of Taysom Hill? Like, he's a non-factor. The last two seasons, he's averaged 5.8 and 5.3 yards of rush. Uh, this season, he's averaging about three, because people know when he's on the field, you've got to put the man in the box. Uh, and his receiving yards are, are down massively as well. Last two seasons, 12.3 and 7.7 receiving yards. He's done nothing this season, because... Teams are understanding when he comes on the field. He's not there as a distraction. He's there because he's going to get the ball. Yeah. So, well, the gadget is quite niche, niche, this comment. But, you know, know, Sheffield United last year, you know, everyone was a bit surprised by them. And this year, they've got no points in the Premiership because they're terrible. You know, and they they play championship football. So, they've been found out, you know. No, no, the thing is... You can't just keep doing the same thing, can you? Sheffield United have a very um, distinct way of playing, which is no one in Europe, and the same with Taysom Hill. As soon as you've got tape on it, you know it. And like, yeah, Gary says, yeah, I think Sheffield United is a great comparison. What it is, very something neat. really, it, it, looks, it looks great when it happens. The second time you play it, you're like, well, I know what's going to happen now. So, uh, yeah. It's um, he's a non-factor because, quite frankly, on that team, he's a non-factor. Um, yeah, you know, he's not the second quarterback. He he's just a a gadget that only only going to affect poor coaches. Is, is he oh, a gimmick that's been overused? They put the tender on him to dangle him. I don't know that convinced by him. I know Peyton came out and said he's going to win us the Super Bowl or some crap, didn't he? But like. You know, in essence, I think they put the tender on saying, if anyone wants to come and have a nibble, this is what's going to cost you. But I, I don't mean they're that bothered if he went or, or not. No, I think you're probably right. I think he's a gadget that's been overused. But they need, they need to change. Gimmick is the right term. Yeah, they need to change how they're using him because you're right. They used to be, they've got tape on it. You know, if he's on the field, he's probably going to get the ball at some point. So you, you, can, get, you can kind of scheme around that. If they actually started using him as a second quarterback on the field and did something different, because whenever he won the field, he, he very rarely threw the ball to me. If they actually gave him that option, that would probably loosen up a few defense, a few defensive minds as well. So not that people just aren't used to it. Gary's like, Gary's right. It's like you get you people get enough tape on you, you get used to it. It's why rookie quarterbacks come into the league and often have a good first season and they have a massive slump in the second, in the second season. They just need to change how they're using him. And if he is as good a thrower as Peyton's made out, and give him the opportunity to throw the ball a little bit. Um, anybody want to have a guess? The, the last 10 games that the Lions have led by double digits, what is their record? Uh, two and eight. Good work, Gary. It, it was at, it's actually uh, one, eight and one, I believe. Um, they've lost their last six games where they've led by double digits at half-time as well. It's, it's like, they've got nothing. They, they cannot 
hold a second half lead. They just cannot do it. And I don't understand why Patricia is unable to coach this defence because the, the pieces are there. Don't Stafford and Breeze have the most equal, most comeback victories yeah. since Stafford's been in the league? Isn't that right? I believe yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Because so they he's, he's fine coming defense. from behind Stafford, but you know he's definitely not a uh, front runner. No, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think he's playing well, but the the interception he threw at the weekend was dreadful. And just I don't know whether he misread it or just didn't think what he was doing. It was poor, but. Generally speaking, he's playing at a high level and they're, they're sort of wasting the last couple of years of his the decent end of his career. He's, he's had no chance with the Lions, really, has he, ever? No, Peterson looks good, though, I think. Yeah. He does. I mean, the, the rushing stats aren't great, but the O-line is nothing to write home about. But somehow he is leading the team and that's all you can ask him to do, really. It's, he, he's, he's not letting anybody down, is he? That's, that's the thing, like... But, I'm amazed. I, I, I thought he was eleven carries, play. thirty-six yards, so three point three yards a rush for an old man. That's all right, but you wouldn't want that as your lead back. DeAndre Swift actually had five point five yards a carry. He hardly carried it though. He got most of his points. Four from carries, carry, didn't yeah. he? It's, it seems strange. And Carry on Johnson's just a non-factor now. He's barely playing. Three carries he had. That's, it, it's not right. But you'd hope. Um, during the bye week, they can coach up the defence somehow to hold on to these leads because I think they'll still get the leads. The team is good enough. Kenny Golladay makes this team so much better. It's like having Calvin yeah. Johnson still. And Hawkinson starting to play well at tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. two receptions and a touchdown in there. Had a really big catch in there as well. It's, it's good, but you just feel, again, like some of the other coaches we've talked about, it's the coaching that's letting the team down, not the players. The talent is there. I, I, I find that worrying. If, I'm glad I'm not a Lions fan. So, Panthers uh, beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals got off to a hot start this season, but lost 31-21 to the Cardinal, uh, to the Panthers. Sorry, um, Matt Rule is doing more with less than just about anyone else, isn't he? Yeah, he's been brilliant. I mean, when, especially when you consider that they've lost their best player in Christian McCaffrey. He's getting massive yard, yardage out of Mike Davis and Reggie Bonifant. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, Robbie Anderson looks like a genuine number one receiver. We took the piss out of him when he was at oh, the no, line. He's catching death. the ball, isn't he? He's catching it. It's worrying. He's catching the ball. Eight receptions for 99 yards. It's been a couple of so few watching, games in a row. Sunday, had a lot I, was like, I was like, we're going to have to talk about him, aren't we? We are. I, to talk about because... I kept seeing clips of him catching the ball. I was just shaking my head. Yeah. He does he does this every so often though. No, to this extent, John. He he has one game and then we don't see him enough. He's now had four games where he's looked really good. He's one of he's one of the league leaders, isn't he, so far this season for yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Top so far, yeah. yeah. Well, twenty-eight receiving stats. He has three hundred and seventy-seven yards, thirty-four targets, and twenty-eight receptions and a touchdown. Wow! I remember him in the Jets going five games without a drop, and we we're going, "Oh, is this is this a new Robbie Anderson?" And uh, <laughs> no, it just happened that the old Robbie Anderson came out. So let you know, I'm still. It's week four of a strange season. <laughs> well, this yeah. season works for him. It's very true. What do we think? Is there a problem with the Cardinals or have they just reached 
um, their sort of point at the season where they still haven't built enough after a, a really down year. They're still rebuilding. The talent isn't quite there. Was the fast start just, you know, they had been better coached through COVID than their opponents. And so they showed them up early on. What, what do we think the, the, the line is here? Because I still think they look like an eight-win potential team. Mm. But is that going to be pushing it? Is that expecting too much, really? Outside of Kyle Amara, we have they haven't got a rushing game. Kenyon Drake isn't doing enough. And I think some of that, I think it's unfair to pin that all on Kenyon Drake because I don't think it's just him. I think the O-line needs improving. I think that's where they need to focus their attention on the upcoming draft or, or free agency in the next year. This is still a developing team. Kyle Murray is in this is second season now, so he's still got a couple of seasons where he's going to be cheap. Um, you've got DeAndre Hopkins for a few seasons now. They need to improve the defense. Still, They're still in a rebuild mode, and it's you know they're still two and two, so they're doing all right. I'm not, I'm not taking anything from this game, really, for the Cardinals. They are doing all right. Just it wasn't a good performance, but think, they are. They, they aren't a great team yet, but yeah. they will get better. You know, let's. You know, I think we still we we should be judging the Cardinals on this. Let's see where they are in yeah week twelve. Yeah, going forward, you know, they, they, yeah. I think they will be disappointed because you know beating the 49ers in week one. Well, you know, the 49ers were at full strength was a good result. Um, I think. Losing to the Lions and now the Panthers. I think beforehand they would look those two games and probably you know rip, pick them off as pretty much surefire wins given where those franchise uh, franchises are. So I think they'll they'll be disappointed to lose, but I don't think they'll be to John's point. I think they'll be completely gutted. No, I think that's fair. Uh, Kyler Murray certainly is the real deal. You know DeAndre Hopkins is. I do think getting the running game going is yeah. Crucial. When when uh, Drake landed there last year, it was a spark, and they look a little bit lost without him because you know you've just got to contain Murray, and that sort of limits what the team can do. It's it's a little bit one dimensional unless Kenyon Drake or someone else in the team turns up. Yeah, and you look at you look at the Ravens and, and similar styles of, of of play from the quarterback in terms of they're both able to scramble it. But the difference of the Ravens is they've got a running game around Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, they need to get more out of Kenyon Drake and uh, and Chase Edmonds, and like I, said, I don't think it's on them. I think it's on the, the offensive line isn't as good as what it was in Baltimore. Also, the Cardinals' defense is like historically bad as well. Yeah, it's they, pretty they, bad. Have, they have been dreadful. Um, so DeAndre Hopkins was injured though as well, wasn't he? he? Was he wasn't totally fit, Hopkins? No, uh, so I gather, and and obviously without him they lose a lot. Larry Fitzgerald hasn't really been a feature this season. You'd hope that losing Hopkins would open up more targets for Fitzgerald. But that is seriously why... Well, it opened up for more for Kirk. It, it, it yeah, bad. Kirk was in the game. But yeah, he did play. He just wasn't, you know... Like, the first three weeks, he was just crazy. You know, he was getting kind of, mm-hmm. you know, probably 12 to 15 targets a game. And then this week, he was definitely quieter. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's got the second most receptions for Cardinals through their first four games, though. Um, what do we think about Tom Brady's improving relationship with Mike Evans, etc., at the Bucks as they beat the Chargers 31-38 in what was a great game for Justin Herbert, by the way, even in defeat. But the, the Brady-Evans connection seems to be coming on strong now, right? It disgusts me. He had nobody else to throw the ball to because Gronk got about 25 yards again. So... You know, I don't feel like 
you know. And Mike Evans got a bit angry because he nearly got into a fight, didn't he? You know, so yeah. you know. But and he looked, to, he did nearly get injured, didn't he, Evans? He was out of the game for a little while. He, he did he go out for a while, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I you've only got to look for the guy that's six foot seven every time, you know, to try and throw to. Like, you know, it's not that hard to build a relationship, is it? Like, I don't. And Chris Godwin's not there. I just, I, you know, I hope they don't win the Super Bowl. That's as much as I want to say. <laughs> Fair I, I sat here with John and I said, for the first time now, I can understand why people hate Tom Brady because <laughs> he just, it just. Doesn't seem to matter what the other team do and how much you root for the other team. He seems to be able to find a way back. Oh, I thought you meant he just opened his mouth and started his wild <laughs> voice going again. Um, it was. It was. It was. He mentioned it after he uh, Ronald Jones dropped a quite easy pass, yeah. and you could just see the, dis- the dis- disdain in his face. <laughs> it was an underthrown pass by Tom Brady. They said was in the bread basket. It was clearly going low. You know. <laughs> You can't talk about oh, no, no. Brady on TV, mate. Okay. I mean, um, I, I think what's most impressive about this game is actually the the Buccaneers' offensive line. Given like the defense on the Chargers of Jerry Bosa and Melvin Ingram, they didn't give up a single sack. Um, they only got to they only got five QB hits in, in total, which is low. So that's part of that is obviously Brady's nuance uh, at the position, and part of it is that that offensive line is with Tristan Wirfs, the, the rookie tackle, doing really well. But can we talk about the other rookie in the game? Because I yeah. thought it was excellent. Yeah. Justin Herbert is just, uh, I, I feel for Terod Taylor in that, you know, he had the starting gig and he Not got, coming back. He got stabbed by the doctor. But you can't take Justin Herbert out of this team now. <laughs> it's too, he's too good. He's, you oh, know, I agree. He looks amazing. What an art. Uh, only yeah. two players quarterbacks have had 900 passing yards over their first three games since 1970. Justin Herbert and one other. Manning? No. Wofflesberger? No. I think we could be here a while. <laughs> Dan Marino? Dilfer. Gary? Young. Steve Young? No, it was Cam Newton. No. Oh, right. Uh, no one would have. Yeah. I, 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 no, he, no did, one he would did explode onto, onto the... He really does look brilliant, but the the game changed um, on, was it on a missed kick. We sat here watching it, John. They missed an opportunity to go for it. Either he got sacked and taken out of field goal range, or they missed a kick. And then I said to John, that was it. They had to score there into the lead. And now you know Brady's going down the other end and wrapping yeah. this game up. And this is exactly what happened. I'm fairly sure they missed a field goal. And yeah. I just said right then, like you cannot make a mistake against this Bucks team now because the defense is brilliant. The O line is stopping Brady from getting hit, and he is finally getting on the same uh, hymn sheet with the receivers. It's a dangerous team. This, this may well be the best team in, in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. I think it could well be. I think the game really changed though when Austin Eckler went out injured. Um, he's going to be out for I think five to six weeks now, which is a massive loss for the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Joshua Kelly, though, looks capable. He had an unfortunate fumble last week. He looks capable. But don't forget Justin Jackson, who came in last season as the pass-catching back. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like, he had four if or five games. had a guy like Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> a bitch. Well, that, that, that is. It's not ideal. Um, to note with Brady, uh, he's thrown 
four pick sixes in his last six games. Uh, yeah. What is that? Yeah, which is, you know, obviously a thing. Over his previous 74 games, he'd thrown two. <laughs> so that something, you know, it's perhaps just a rough streak, but it was worth noting that definitely that is an issue he is having at the moment. It is still nice, isn't it, that his last pass in Gillette Stadium was... <laughs> <laughs> like, if I have a meeting, uh, I'm going to remind you. You guys are so bitter. Yeah, uh, yes we are. <laughs> like you say, the Chargers have definitely found the route forward and it's unfortunate for Tyrod Taylor, but yeah. he's not coming back. Um, okay, we need to talk We need to talk dog shit. Uh, you know, there's no other way around it. So um, we're going to talk about New York because the best team in New York right now are the Buffalo Bills. Don leaves the room. Yeah, <laughs> he should. Um, the Giants lost nine points to 17 against the Rams uh, and last Thursday night, the Jets lost 37-28 to the Broncos, quarterbacked by some guy's famous nephew. Um, we have to talk about the New York team, so we're going to. Firstly, which one of these teams is worse? The Giants or Jets. the Jets? Jets. Why? Jets. Well, I've got the Jets. I think we're pretty sure we've all got Jets last in our power rankings, but only just. I do think the Giants are very, very poor. No, the Giants are bad. The Giants are, are not very good, but uh, the Jets are just worse. It's like I think, I think the opportunity for the Giants to be better sooner is there versus the yeah. Jets. That, that's the only thing that divided it up for me. I think the Giants have made the right move by moving on to another coach. All right, he hasn't had the chance to do anything yet, but at least they've made the move. And the Jets are just clinging on and going over the same ground and the same ground and they need to move on well another good thing Giants could have Giants will have Saquon back you know Jones with another year's experience you know draft well again and next you know next year the Giants could be you know watchable (laughs) I I I don't know I I was just about to ask the question which one of these quarterbacks is still the starting quarterback for their team next year because I'm not convinced by Daniel Jones not you know, at all. I, I read the messages that you were putting about that. I grant you, I'm not convinced, but who would do better in this team? Well, no one. And, and that's the problem. You've well, got, no. Like Sam Darnold, you've got nothing fair to judge him on. Nothing. Because the teams are so badly run around them. Yeah. There are times when he's, he, he just looks so nervous that actually... Yeah, you could. I could probably pick about twenty six other quarterbacks who would be better because they would throw the ball away, uh, you know, rather than just hold on to it and get hit, which is what he does. He, 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 he there's no opportunity. Just get rid of it, but he holds it, and he, you can yeah. see him look like looking. Nothing emerges, and instead of doing the natural thing. He, he just doesn't know what to do and it, it's annoying and uh, I do worry because I do think yeah because um, you think, were a fan weren't you John? No I, th- I think he's alright but I think he's I, a, I, that, he'll, feel, he'll end up being bang average if you keep him I will yeah. try this to give you an idea of where he's at on the scale since the uh, start of last season, he has 30 giveaways, which is second most in the NFL. 
and that is bang on the same career average as Blake Balls. Yeah, yeah. And that is about the level of player he's going to be at at the moment. Yeah. But I mean, half half of those. I mean, most of the giveaways are him dropping the ball rather than chucking right. it to a bloke in the other colours. But and he has he has got he has got better at that. But you know, we're not moving the ball good enough at the moment. And that kind of has to come down to the quarterback. Yeah. I actually thought, I mean, I was quite impressed the Giants managed to stay in this game for quite a while. It was only the last quarter where the Rams scored, scored a touchdown where they put some gloss on the score. Like it was 10 9. Well, 10 yeah. going, going in. It wasn't a good performance for Rams, but nah, it didn't it happen. Um, I'm, I'm still not sold on what the Rams are bringing to the table this season, but okay. They maybe played down. It's a bit like the Steelers. They played down to their yeah. opposition. And I don't know how far you can get playing like that, but they got the win, and Goff is playing well enough now. He's not terrible like he was at points last season. So maybe yeah. he's on the up. I think all these teams that we struggle to get excited about are teams that don't have balanced offense, aren't they? So, you know, yeah. those teams that look great are the teams that run the ball and throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So whether that's via committee, so you know, last year the Niners, you wouldn't say they had a top ten running back, but you know, it, it ran the most yards. You know, <laughs> so it didn't matter how it was done, but they had a balanced offense. And what you see is, you know, unbalanced offenses. They just, you know, they don't always work against every opposition. So you end up with teams that are against the right opposition. So. They'll score 35 points one week and, you know, 18 points the next week. Yeah. So then we go, oh, they look okay. And then the next week we go, oh, they don't look very good. And then we go, oh, they look okay again. And then we go, they don't look very good. So, you know, it's because they don't have a plan B, C and D. That's the problem okay. with the Rams. Okay, let's, let's leave half of the dog shit aside and talk slightly more about the Jets. Just because I want to, A, credit Sam Darnold with a 46-yard touchdown run, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then say that that is the only thing the Jets did well in the whole game and that I still don't understand the Gase to think. Do you know, winless teams are 7-0 and against the Jets since Gase took over. That's insane. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> a winless team. They are the worst team against other teams that are terrible. And that tells you everything you need to know. Also, the last three quarterbacks winning on debut all won against, uh, all won playing for the Broncos. So, Brandon Allen, um, obviously, Mark, uh, Brett Ruppen, who played this week. And, Drew Locke. And who, sorry? Drew Locke. Drew Locke was the other one, exactly. But, like, the Broncos are, are getting a fair amount out of probably not great quarterbacks, even though, you know, they're only one and three, they're not playing that well. But it, it shows you when there's a lack of talent. I think coaching can help, and I do think the coaching is almost there now with, with Denver, but yeah. it's still miles off with the Jets. Miles off. Yeah. I mean, again, you look at the talent on that Denver team. They, they've suffered with injuries as well, but there's still good enough pass catchers, good enough running backs for a semi-decent, well, a semi-crap, whatever you want to call it, quarterback to do well oh melvin gordon 23 carries 107 yeah, exactly. that's everything they would want out of melvin gordon so you just got to hand the ball off to him and occasionally and this is what ripon did occasionally just fling it long he, he threw three picks and two touchdowns 
But he basically looked like a man who'd been told, you're never getting another go at this, so you might as well fling it. And he just yeah. did. Well, he looked pretty. He made some really good passes. Yeah. He made some bloody awful passes as well. He was intercepted three times, let's not forget. But he made some good passes. Have you ever heard of uh, Tim Patrick? Yeah, Tim Patrick, six receptions, 113 yards. I've never heard of him before, but, you know, Jerry Judy, two receptions, 61 yards. These were, and this wasn't all yards after the catch. This was like, these guys found some space. And this this, this mm. new quarterback was like, yeah, he's on my team. I'll fling it down there. It was it was enjoyable to watch from that point of view because you just yeah. never knew what was going to happen. It's and not sustainable, but okay. Probably not. Judy's touchdown catch was brilliant as well. Literally leapt over the defender and grabbed it. He showed great strength and great positioning to, to do that. And you know, I, I before the draft I said he's probably one of the probably the best wide receiver in the draft. I, I kind of stand by that. I think he's still he's really coming on nicely. I think Tim Patrick is a sneaky good pickup in fantasy if you if you need a wide receiver because Noah Fant's going to be injured for the next game. Um, and obviously, Cortland Sutton's not there anymore. So, there you go. But don't trust me because I'm doing terrible. I was, was going to say, it's <laughs> my tip. Don't listen to Jim. Okay. I'm just trying to lull you guys into picking someone else up. So, well, my, from my, the my Jets, um, in the AFC East to the Bills, who remain undefeated. They beat the Raiders 30 to 23 in a game that was never this close. I mean, this team. Genuinely looks really, really good. The defense is definitely not playing at Bill's level, but mm. it doesn't seem to matter. Josh Allen is like in the zone. Well, he's reading defenses better, isn't he? Uh, yeah. And I think he is, you know, where he was having some problems, you know, first couple of years, you know, that's the difference, isn't it? Now he's, you can see he's, you know, marshalling things at the line. You know, he's he's just making better decisions. I think you know he's going for the, you know, for the open player. You know, well, don't don't forget as well. Was. The, the first couple of seasons, how many weeks did we sit here and say he just continually overthrows open receivers? Yeah. And now the touch on some of the pass yeah. plays is is like veteran esque. It's brilliant. We said for one of his touchdowns, I think it was I can't remember. Was it Colby? Oh, it was it was yeah. a beautiful pass. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a short pass, but it no. was just a well-weighted pass that just fell into the, into the receiver's arms. It was, like, perfect. Um, and I think you're right. And that's his accuracy has improved beyond measures. Yeah, He's still got the athletic ability to run the ball when they need him to. Um, and he can still fling it miles as well when they need him to. Like, that connection between him and Stefan Stephon Dix is brilliant. Um, and, yeah. Got uh, options at running back as well. Those single trees doing okay. Yeah. They've got Moss as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Moss is maybe not putting in the the workload they thought, but Singletary, twenty three touches, seventy six scrimmage yards, touchdown, nearly nineteen fantasy points. Like he is everything they want out of him, and he seems to be able to find the tightest of gaps and work his way through. He's quite well. Small. They they seem to have eased him into the season because I had him in fantasy and dropped him yeah. twice, and then yeah. I picked him back up again for a third time this week. Because um, they were running a bit of committee at the start of the season, almost easing him into the season. But the last two weeks, he's definitely taken over as the primary back. Yeah, and he should be because he is definitely the most talented back on the roster. Um, <laughs> did anyone else notice the little stat that popped up? Derek Carr surpassing Hall of Famer Ken Stabler for the yes, most passing touchdowns in Raiders history with 150. I commented on it in our WhatsApp group. Like, that's disgraceful that he's already par. He's already winning, winning that battle. Okay, it, maybe it's disgraceful, or is it a sign that we, 
we just don't rate the guy because he plays on what is really a bad team or at best an average team, but he's not that bad. I rate him. I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he's been there a long yeah. time, hasn't he? What's he yeah, been yeah. Eight years? 2014 he was drafted. More comment on the Raiders than Derek Carr. Yeah, I yeah. completely agree. I like. I always think it's mad that he, his position seems to be always under question. Like when Gruden yeah. first came in, it was like, oh, they're going to get rid of Carr, they get rid of Carr. He's a good quarterback. Yes, you can bring in the number one or the number one quarterback in the draft, but there's no guarantee he's going to be a good quarterback. Derek Carr is. Yeah, I agree with you. Considering as well what he's throwing to, you take yeah. Darren Waller out, it's Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's doing quite a lot with not very much. They're two and two. I think the Raiders are fine. And, you know, they, they've got a shot, an outside shot of the playoffs. And with the squad they've got, that's as good as you can hope for. It's the def- it's the defense that that's let that lets Las Vegas down. Like their their offense, I think, is fine even with the slightly dodgy receivers. You've got um, Henry Ruggs to come back, of course, so you know that'll put a bit more quality into there. Josh Jacobs is one of, awesome. is awesome, one of the best running backs in, in the league, and Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. If they just find some more people to rush the passer and then get a backfield, I think they'll be fine. Uh, so, did anyone stay up last night for the Monday Night Football Games, which saw the Chiefs overcome the Camless Pats 26-10 in the postponed game due to Cam having COVID? Uh, no. 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 Me neither, because I was so sure that this was going to be an absolute hammering. You know, since 2000, I think we've only lost twice by 20 points, and I thought this was going to be another one. But 26-10, honestly, I'll take that. Uh, Brian Hoyer, he's... He's been with the team in total 12 years in three different stints and never started a game for the team. And he, he played like a rookie from the highlights I saw. And they replaced him with Stidham, who eventually scored a touchdown. Uh, I thought we'd just get the Hoyer comments out of the way. Um, uh, Cowboys wasn't playing, you knew that they All it shows with Brian Hoyer is that the league definitely is and did blackball Colin Kaepernick because if anyone thinks that Hoyer should be getting paid millions of dollars to be like that they're absolutely mad yeah we've stopped okay. talking about it but it's there was still a, relevant there was the name I didn't think was going to come up ever again on the podcast but okay <laughs> I thought I mean this shows how how important coaching are, it is because you're right Hoyer did a should not have stood a chance against against Kansas, um, and it wasn't until the fourth quarter that Kansas put Patriots away. And you look at the again, you look at the list of receivers. Julian Edelman is the only one that stands out, and he had a drop which was taken for an intercept, uh, which was intercepted. Um, but this is this is it was a classic Bill Belichick. He'll be gutted he lost because up until that fourth quarter, they were in with a chance of winning this game. The, the coaching was amazing to keep yeah. home. I mean, his three of his lowest quarterback ratings have all been against the Patriots since he's come in. He's only played them four times. So, yeah. like, they've obviously, you know Belichick does that. We, you, you no longer dispute that he's the best coach. But the, the, the talent isn't there. And without Cam, you knew the team couldn't win. Because what threat is there? Yeah, I think with, with, with Cam, it, would have been a, it could have been a very different game. I think we had a chance, but as soon as he wasn't playing, I knew I wasn't watching this game. Um, 
James White, I want to uh, quickly mention James White, comeback game after his, his dad was killed in a car accident and his mum was injured. 59 scrimmage yards, 13 fantasy points, 10 touches. He's a, a plug-in-and-play weapon that I think we haven't seen him and Cam that much together because of what had happened. But I, I think you're going to see a lot out of James White now when he's back because you put him and Cam in the same backfield, you actually don't yeah. know who's coming up with the ball. Well, you, you have that Cam Newton-Christian McCaffrey effect, don't you? Yeah. Like, um, James White isn't Christian McCaffrey, but he is a good player. Um, and, yeah, it causes questions. I think you can put him in the backfield of Rex Burkhead as well. I have the three of them. Um, and that, you know, cause, because they haven't got the receivers. Like, they just they haven't. Like, I, I think Edelman might be past it now um, Now that Brady's not there. I think it's showing up that he's not actually all that great. Um so actually just go with the run game. And that's what Josh McDonald's been doing. And even the games that Cam's been in, he's not passed for that many yards. He's looked good when he has, but it's been more about the running game. And I think you have a nice, you know, you throw in Damon Harris as well. who had a good game yesterday, 17 carries, 100 yards. That's a nice backfield to be working with. Yeah, Sonny Michel's gone to IR now, hasn't he? Yep. I, I don't know if you're going to see a lot more out of him. No, I, think I don't Harris think I think Michelle could well be traded away at the end of the season or released, whatever they need to do. I don't think they're convinced by his lack of durability. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, there's not much more to take from that other than the Chiefs are, are undefeated, which is more or less to be expected. And, uh, and I don't know what the power rankings are going to say at the end of this, but I'm guessing that they're top. Um, we'll move to a get-right team after last week for the Ravens who beat the Washington football team, 31-17. And Lamar had his longest touchdown run, I believe, in this game, 50 yards. I couldn't believe that. I I, I assumed he'd run for for larger games before, but it's a 50-yard touchdown run. I wouldn't say the football team were embarrassed at all, but it looked like uh, two teams completely at the opposite end of what they are able to do. I'm sure that Haskins was close to being pulled in this game. Uh, and then he eventually turned up with a touchdown. I don't know how many weeks he's got left. If they don't start hot in some of these games, I think he will be pulled. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. But again, he's not, <laughs> there isn't much around him to work with, is there? No, but... Skip Terry, he's playing brilliantly. You know, I think he yeah. had 100 yards in this game. 118, yeah. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I thought that the highlight of it was uh, RG3 coming back, throwing one pass and it being intercepted. <laughs> that was hard, though. They brought him in and he was five or six yards in his own end zone when he tried yeah. to get out. It was, it was, he looked embarrassed to have to come in in that situation. Um, but, you know, the Ravens didn't have to do any more than this. You kind of felt there was probably another gear in there if they really wanted to. Um, Mark Ingram turned up again. He's not really... He's not done a lot this season, but eight carries, 34 yards and a touchdown. You kind of feel like the Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram thing is it's just whichever one gets off the bench quickest. Yeah, I don't think any of the running backs have done a lot, though. Like, I, well, I also, because it's split between three of them and then four of them, if you include um, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. It, like, when you're looking at the box score, none of them jump off the page. Oh, 50 yards, 30 yards, 30 yards, 16 yeah. yards. It's like, so what? Um, like I don't think you'll see many 100-yard rushing games from any of, any of their um, running back this year. Um, a quick quick uh, nod to Sam Cock, the punter, though. 
with a beautiful fifteen yard <laughs> pass on the yeah. And it was it was good. That was it was, might have been the best pass of the game. <laughs> that was it was good from the receiver as well to know exactly where the first down marker is, stand on it so he didn't have to throw it any further whatsoever. Yeah. It's very true. I mean it just looked like a really well rehearsed play. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I think with Washington is they're not miles out of these games, and I don't know how long Ron Rivera is going to not want to win for. If he thinks... Because they play... Um, they, they haven't got a massively tough schedule coming up. I think he's going to want to win some of them games. And if he thinks dropping Haskins gets him a... I think he'll do it. I don't think... He, he's not tied to Haskins, is he? No. He's been very non-committal over Haskins being the starting quarterback. If you listen to any of his press conferences... It's not like he's out and out saying, why, why would we ever drop Haskins? He's our number one quarterback. It's like, you know, we'll put the best player in. You know, we'll, we'll make a decision on, on, the, on game day or whatever it might be. So Haskins is, is playing for probably his career at the moment. Yeah. I mean, and if you want to win, ask any, ask any head coach. You put in a player like Kyle Allen. That's guarantee <laughs> wins. Oh, It'll be Alex. They're going to storm it when he, Kyle Allen comes back. Oh. Great player. How well Kyle Allen has played in the past, I will say. Like, he's not brilliant, but he's won games. Yeah. Uh, next week, or maybe, sorry, this week, the Rams, perhaps that's not the game, but then they play the I mean, the Cowboys haven't got a defence. Then they play the Giants again. Uh, then the Lions, Bengals, Cowboys again. Tough game against the Steelers. The Niners are beaten up, but he should be better by then. And then they end the season with uh, Panthers and Eagles. Like, there's four, four games in there they can win. There's a good four games in there that yeah. they can win, but not necessarily with Drew uh, with Dwayne Haskins. No, I think you know, d- depending on where they are in the draft, there's three good quarterbacks coming into the into the NFL next year, probably. Um, I think they're replacing their quarterback unless they pick up someone from free agency. I I couldn't agree more. I don't I don't think it's going to be the one there for them. Um, okay, so the Bengals get their first win with Joe Burrow as they beat Jacksonville 33-25. Um, Burrow's the real deal. If we're saying Justin Herbert looks like a franchise quarterback, Burrow looks amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just... Um, he's, Bengals yeah. look like a different team, don't they, than last year? Yeah, they really do. Um, Dalton, you know? Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 it looks competitive every stretch of the way, and now they seem to have got Mixon going. They barely used him the first three weeks. The first yeah. three weeks, they were asking Burrow to throw like 40, 50, 60 times, I think. Uh, yeah. in one of the games. And it's like, you, have you forgotten you've got Joe Mixon? And this time they didn't forget they had Joe Mixon. They carried, he carried 25, 25 times, 150 yards. Yeah. There's, there's two things that rookie quarterbacks need. It's a running back, a good running game, and a good tight end. Um, and they've got a good running game. They just need to use it more and not put as much pressure on Joe Burrow. Burrow, 300 passing yards in three games to start a career. That's the first time anyone's done it since 1950. <laughs> I mean, and, and all of this without AJ Green, who I think had one reception. Yeah, T Higgins, T Higgins looks like a good pickup as well. Him and Boyd, all the receivers look good, except yeah. AJ Green, who is either not fully recovered or just isn't in the game plan. Like, they held him out most of the second half. He barely played. Yeah, one cat, three yards. He'd be out of there. I, I think if someone turns up with a fifth or a sixth round pick, he, he's gone. I, yeah, I think he's he um, 
So I, I can't I can't find too much to fault about what the Bengals are doing now, and and that's a scary place to be. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I mean there there are franchises that's still building. Um, this was a, a game that they probably should have won, and they did win. I think they were unlucky last week not to beat the Eagles. Um, this this season for Zach Taylor is another freebie. Um, so get a few wins, probably have a top ten draft pick, um, and then kind of really build, carry on building that offensive line to protect Joe Burrow. I think they've got the receivers now in, in Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. They've got a good one-two punch there. AJ Green can go. They can bring in another rookie, or they can bring in a, a decent tight end because I think that's probably where they're lacking. Yeah. Um, and then stock up on defense. Two I, tough yeah. weeks coming up. They've got the Ravens and then the Colts. Yeah. I, don't, I still don't think they'll win more than four games. There's no, I, I, early, aren't they? probably right. I, I yeah. think you're probably right. They needed that win because the next couple of games it could be yeah. proper hammerings, really. Uh, but at least they got it, and they do seem to have chosen the right quarterback. I mean, uh, I will say, and he only gets a brief mention, Gardner Minshew holds a, a record now for the Jaguars uh, through the first four games of a season. Want to have a guess what the record is? At uh, least most hated by me. Sorry, Gary. Least interceptions. No, it's the most touchdowns thrown by a Jags quarterback. Eight through the first four games of any season. That's pretty pathetic, isn't it? That's a pathetic record. I thought you'd like that. I mean, all right, he is just flinging the ball, but it's only two, isn't it? It's only two yeah, a game. Two a game. It's not. It's not asking a lot. It's terrible. Not asking a lot at all. Oh, he's having that crack and pop there. Oh, there he's back. Right. Uh, from, from, John from, beat Brian Haggis. <laughs> for, from uh, two teams that we don't expect much out of to uh, a team that I did expect more out of, the Cowboys, as they lost to the Browns in an 87-point shootout, 49-38, to 38, possibly the most fun game of the weekend. Uh, Odell Beckham is the Cowboy killer. Seven touchdowns he's got against them in eight games. And he was... Well, who has seen Odell Beckham score three touchdowns? No one since 2015 is the answer. It was, it was incredible. He had a pass. Was it a 50-yard pass from Jarvis Landry? 40-yard pass from Jarvis Landry? Um, he had a rushing touchdown to, to seal the game. Like It's a bit like what we just said with the Bengals and Mixon. It's like the Browns have suddenly realised they've got Odell Beckham and they'd better use him. Yeah. So we, we talked about the Texans having the giving up 181 yards per game on the ground. The next worst are the Dallas Cowboys, 172 yards Jesus. per game. Um, and Cleveland rushing in total had 307 yards. <laughs> Bear in mind, their, their, best rush, their, their best running back went off injured as well. I'm um, not sure he is their best running back. I think well, yeah, you're, you're right. That. That's probably debatable now as well. But Dearness Johnson had 95 yards. <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of the coverage you've seen from from Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp on some of the previews, but they have absolutely torn into the Dallas Cowboys defense, and oh. rightly so. Um, it is, it's terrible. It's Thirty-eight terrible. points defeated in in three consecutive games. Last time they did that, oh. 1950, 60. 1960 was their first season. Yeah, so 1960 then. 
1960 it is. They haven't <laughs> been this bad on defence since their first season yeah. in 1960. And at the same time, at the other end of the field, Dak Prescott has just passed for the most yards through the first four games of any Super Bowl era season. But it doesn't matter, does it? Corner. Like, uh, it doesn't matter because you're losing game. Let's not forget the Cowboys are one dodgy kickoff away from being 0-4. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're not running Zeke Elliott at all. Like he, he had 12 carries, 54 yards. Dak Prescott threw they it. took him out of the game, didn't they? I was asking, yeah. where was he? And you look at some of Dak Prescott's throws that, he, that weren't completed. He, could have, he was intercepted once. If the Cleveland cornerbacks could catch, he probably would have been intercepted three or four times. Like, they're putting... I, well noted, I'm not Dak Prescott's biggest fan, but he is playing pretty well, but they're putting far too much on him, and the defense is... You might as well just run out, I don't know, a school... Pick one of the the high school teams in Texas, because they've probably got... One of them has probably got a better defense than the Cowboys at the moment. It's just terrible. It was a great game to watch, though. It was brilliant fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, But the Browns had a better game plan. And we we shouted that Stefanski when we were talking about the Vikings. He's gone in there and done exactly what he needed to do. He realised he's got a really good running game in Chubb and Hunt and also Dearness Johnson, apparently, and Odell Beckham. Um, And he's not asking too much of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, three for 165 yards. (laughs) And they scored 49 points. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback when you've got a rushing game, like so many of these quarterbacks can be, and they have a rushing game. So they've, they've got players. You just need to get the ball into the hands, and that's what they did with Odell Beckham. And it's like, just give him the ball and let him do something, because he can. Uh, Beckham's uh, receiving touchdown from, uh, from Jarvis Andrews was, was uh, the second longest in the last two years. Do you know he threw the longest as a wide receiver? Uh, Sanu? No. Edelman? Beckham? It was Beckham in 2018 <laughs> through a yeah. 50-yard touchdown pass to Russell Shepard. So there you go. It's uh, swings and roundabouts. Oh, look, I was delighted because we've just talked about the two teams where I had my highest scoring fantasy players. I think Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham tore it up for me this week and I nearly left both of them out because they've been so poor. So it just goes to show you teams need time to settle in and turn things around, I think. But yeah. The, the Cowboys, they need to get right and get right quickly, right? Mike McCarthy needs to sort his defence out. And he was like, there was a whole thing about him taking a year off from football. And he's like, I've gone back into my garage and I've figured out how to play the game again. It's all going to be different. And the first thing he does is, does is hire his defensive coordinator, who's Mike Nolan, who is terrible. Yeah. Just get he, rid of him. He's got to go quick. Yeah, I, I think as well, the Cowboys just need to play a few divisional games and then everything will look much better. <laughs> that, that's true as well. Despite <laughs> being one and three, they're still the best team in their division, aren't they? Well, they're second, technically, but you'd say that they look like the best team. Um, I don't, but do they? You, just throw over yeah. the, you can just throw it over the top of them. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> you just run through them. Yeah, but we... Little T-Rex you know, Yes. But no, like... <laughs> I meant the Giants. Yeah. I wasn't slagging John as T-Rex on. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, you know, if you wanted to get Carson Wentz back in the groove, just give him that Cowboys defence and get him to chuck it over the top of it. I, no they're going to have... They can have 16 shootouts this season. Yeah. Quite frankly. 
because they're going to make a lot of average quarterbacks look world-beating. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, right. So, Russell Wilson continues his MVP quest. Uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't an outstanding game, but they beat the Dolphins comfortably 31-23. And at the same time, in-division rivals, the Niners, lost the battle of seriously beaten up teams 25-20 against the previously mentioned Eagles. So, what I want to know from this is, which, which of the teams out of the two, the Niners and the Eagles, is worse off through injuries? Uh, and whereabouts are the Seahawks headed? Is this the Super Bowl caliber team we think they should be? Well, well the Niners are worse off, aren't, yeah. they, yeah. aren't they? We've, we've lost like everybody that means anything to us. Yeah. Like, it hurts. Like, you know, I know I've been on the gin, but like, you know, it really hurts. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think if you, if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in that game, we don't lose it because we lost it from Nick Mullins throwing two really bad interceptions. Um, and, you know, he's had, he's had a couple of good games and people are, oh my God, is he better than Jimmy? No, he's not better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He never was. He's a good backup, um, but he's not a starting, he's not a starting quarterback. Garoppolo wouldn't, hey, um, even though Garoppolo isn't, a star quarterback. He's slightly above average. I don't think he would have thrown that second interception because that was that, just terrible. That was poor. Did we see beat hard in this game? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The end. And it actually played all right. You know, 14 and 1938 yeah. yards. I mean, yeah, Mullins looked like a deer in headlights. Well, that the interception was, was for a pick six was a disgrace. Yeah, it was. Like, literally, he just threw it straight to an Eagles player. He just looked at him in the eyes and went, you want this? And yeah. I think that's the biggest difference. I think, you know, all in all, the, if the 49ers had Garoppolo, I think they would have won. And considering how many players they lost, we're down to our third combination in cornerbacks because we've lost, I think, five now. To no, what, did, what did Kittle have? About 14 receptions or something? Yeah, 15. 15. He literally didn't know where else to pass the ball, did he? He was yeah. like, George... George. George, you have it again. Like Debo Daniel's back, and that's good to see. Um, but yeah, Jarek McKinnon had a, had a decent match. But I highlight stat for Jarek McKinnon. He is the first Niners player with one or more touchdowns in each of the first four games of a season since who? Frank Gore. No. 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 Uh, I know Jerry Rice. No, because he has. Oh. Rice, 1991 was yeah. the last time a player scored in four consecutive games to start the season for the Niners. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Ayuk had a great highlight. His leap for the uh, yeah was just bloody awesome. Um, and like, I still, I, I think the coaching here is still brilliant. Like, considering where they are, they're, they're t- in terms of all the injuries, they're two and two. Fair play to the Eagles. I thought Carson Wentz had a good game. He needed a good game because he's been absolutely terrible. Um, they've still got a lot to do on, on that team, though. Yeah, they, they've turned the ball over nine... Oh, sorry, they've given the ball away nine times mm. this season, which is tied for the most. When you're already beaten up, you cannot afford to keep giving the ball away. Yeah. And they, they have got to tighten up everything, the Eagles. Now, they're one, two, and one. They're top, but they are the least convincing division leaders, I think, We've seen. Yes. They're they're just imposters at the top there. So let's see. I'm not sure they're getting enough out of Miles Saunders. Uh, Three and a half yards of carry. It's a 
beating up it's a beating up O line as well though. You can't. Uh, I think Miles Sanders is a good player. Like they've, they've, I think they've played four different tackles, four different guards, and Travis Kelsey at center so far. Say, yeah, and we're in, we're in four so far. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, fair enough. I, I, yeah, they're both beating up teams. Fair play to the Eagles. They won because they've got the better quarterback. How how long uh, in the other game we're talking about where, where the, the Seahawks beat the Dolphins, how long before we see Tua? Because the magic seems to be wearing off as it does. But I don't think they're in a rush to bring him in. Well, I he's think... come out today, hasn't he, saying that he, he tries to treat his players as if, you know, or Tua, as if he was their parent. And, yeah. you know, after a big, a big, you know, big layoff last year, does he really want to just chuck him in, you know, with all that pressure, you know, potentially to get injured, you know, like I took I took Tua in our dynasty league because you just you know you just don't know if he is going to be you know the next the next breeze as as they were trying to say he might be so you know I think he's clearly a talent but you know the Dolphins aren't looking at the playoffs are they I know a couple of people no. had, had had him as a sleeper to get into the playoffs with the extra spaces but I don't see him as a playoff team this year. No. This is another long. Yeah, it's another team that's rebuilding, and I think they've I. I think they're coached very well. I really like Brian Flores. I think he did an outstanding job last year. Um, I think he's doing a decent job this year. Um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is the perfect quarterback to have in that in that position because he knows he's he knows he's not going to be playing next year. He knows he's not playing for a, for his his career. He's the How perfect... many years have we been saying that that we know, he knows he's not playing next year? It gets the best out of him somehow. Like he's he's great to have there to tutor to or as well. He's got all the experience un, under the sun. What better person to have there than to tutor a young quarterback? And yeah. from everything he's saying, he's, he's, you know, I don't know if you read um, what's his face is Football Morning in America. He was a joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, but he, he was saying, there's an interview with, with Fitzpatrick today, and Fitzpatrick was saying, he's a great kid. He's got lots of football knowledge. He's good to be around. I'm just trying to teach him, kind of, I'm trying to teach him what I know, um, and he'll be an excellent player next year. But I don't know what's going on. I think, you know, Game 10. Yeah. Quick, quickly on these two quarterbacks then. Only two quarterbacks have won 90 games across their first nine seasons. Russell Wilson is one. Who is the other one? Brady. No. Peyton. Yes. Peyton Manning. And Russell one time I don't play Peyton Ryan Fitzpatrick, since 2008, he has the most fourth quarter interceptions. But how many has he thrown? Since 2008, just oh, in the fourth quarter, it's a lot. Um, 100? 24. 48. 100. It's not 24. Jim? 48. 64. <laughs> just in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I didn't feel I was being that arse on him, really. Well, yeah, I don't know how many he's thrown in that time, but it's got to be a lot. But, but 64 just in the fourth quarter is... Amazing, but I still agree. I still think he's the right player. He has been playing for teams that are always losing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's always great for the game, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Right. Prove anything with stats. Finally, we're broaching the last game. So it turns out, I don't think many many people are surprised, Nick Foles probably isn't the answer for the Bears, who lost their undefeated start to the Colts, 19-11. to There wasn't much to talk about in this game, if I'm honest. It's a really boring game. But I don't think it matter, matters which one of Trubisky or Foles you play under centre most of the time. I don't think it matters. 
Are they going to try and trade Trubisky? He's been dropped from the roster, isn't he? Trade him to who? I don't know. He's been dropped, though, isn't he? Canada. Nagy only likes to have two quarterbacks on his roster. So he wasn't in the 53 man, was he? Was he not? I didn't no. see that. No. And there's a lot of like speculation going around that it could be so they're trying to keep him healthy for a trade. <laughs> no one's trading Mitchell Trubisky. Well, Elway wouldn't trade for Trubisky. No. Just, just uh, for shits and giggles. I wouldn't even put that on Elway. <laughs> not if they got, got Drew Lock. I, I think this game just shows you just quite how good this Colts defense is. Yeah, it's just the Colts awesome. defense. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, that is, you know, that's all it really told you. You know, like, they must they must be racking up the number one defense stats at the moment. Are, because, yeah. You know, they're the only team that seems to be able to hold teams to under 20 points. You know, they, they, they just look great. Yeah, they're giving up 14 points a game at the moment. Um, yeah, in total, they've given up 945 yards. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, has, been, it has been ridiculous. Um, Khalil Mack could have had an interception, which might have changed the, the way this game was going. But really, all we learned is the Bears' defence isn't quite as good as it used to be. The Colts have sort of overtaken them. And these are two... These two quarterbacks who are just completely different. Rivers is still winging it out wherever he can. They just don't ask him to do it as often. And, and Nick Foles is the check-down king. He orchestrates fine. But he can't lead you down the field and win the game. He's, he's done that bit of his career. That hot streak is over. He's, it's just... There's, there's nothing for you to hang your hat on, the quarterback with the Bears. Tyler Bray is the third choice. And Gary's right. I just looked it up. They are saying he is expected to be ahead of, on the depth chart of Trubisky now. Well, <laughs> that, that's insane because Tyler Bray, I think, has thrown one pass as a, an NFL quarterback. As many as that. Well, <laughs> that's my point. Well, like, being, a, being, no, as, being as Trubisky chose that head coach, it's definitely, um, you, know, yeah. you know, definitely a few fingers up there, isn't it? Because he, you know, he, he, he was involved in the, the selection of the head coach, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. And that, that first year that Nagy and Trubisky had together, they were decent. It's, it's the last two years, it's been bad. It, it has been, but I, I stick to my point. I don't think it matters which one of Trubisky and Foles you play. Trubisky no. probably isn't quite as bad as we think, and Foles certainly isn't as good as most people think. And that's pretty much where they're at. They, they haven't done themselves any favours by bringing in Nick Foles, really. Their season isn't going to hinge on having him. No, I mean I said it last week. That that three and O last going into week four, they were three and O, and that was like a a very soft three and O. Three and one is still very soft. Like I, if they if they make it to the playoffs, it's because there's an extra playoff position to be had. That that's why I think they make it to the playoffs. I don't think they're even good enough to do that. If they no, make I don't it, think, no, I said it playoff, last week. That really will be. All right. Okay. That's the uh, game recaps over and done with. It's uh, power ranking time after four weeks of the season. So John has compiled the list of, uh, of the rankings. John, do you want to take us through what everybody's done and where we, we differ? Because there's always a few differences in opinion. You can start at the bottom if you like and work your way up. Get your crap team out of the way early. Oh, I'll start I'll start at the top. Oh, because... Okay. Uh, who- who do you think's first? Chiefs. 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 Second? Ravens. Packers. Packers, surely. Yeah. Three of us had them at two. Uh, Jim had them at four. But Jim's 
Jim can't even pick a fantasy team, so what does he know? True. Uh, then, then, Seahawks. Ravens. Oh. Ravens, there are Steelers. next, and then the Bills. Yeah. Bills well ahead of the Steelers, uh, but Steelers sixth. Um, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and then Titans and Colts round out the top oh, ten. Oh, I did not have Tampa Bay that high, did I? Oh, I did. I had them seventh. You had, you, you had Tampa Bay ten, so you were yeah. three out of the, you know. And the bottom, Jets, uh, clean sweep. Then the Giants, uh, Jim was only one who didn't have them 31st. Uh, Washington football team, 30th. Then we have Falcons. Uh, then Broncos, Lions, Texans. Uh, just just be, uh, below the Jags and the Dolphins. Who That's else half guess? on the Texans. You see, I had the Texans 29th, so did Jim. And Griffin at 24th, and Gary had them at 22nd. They are 0 and 4 and don't have a coach or a head, a head coach or a GM. So, also, an awful schedule. Well, they, they've, they've had to play the schedule and they've lost the game. So, you know, that, that, that has to be part of the. They can play next week, does it? Well, they have, no how can you be. Yeah, I don't fancy them winning next week either. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I just think. Uh, well, we'll it's see all, after eight games. All, all manner of. Yeah, that's it. Who wants to guess? Where was the average Eagles ranking? Because I thought, I mean, I deliberately set them and the Vikings quite low because it'd be twenty second. Twenty second, a lot lower than that. Uh, Gary nineteen, you twenty five, Jim nineteen, me twenty (laughs) five. Okay, who wants to guess where the biggest differences were? The Bengals. I'm hearing Bengals. 49ers. Okay. There was seven places between Cowboys and the Cardinals. So they range from 12th to 19th, whereas the Cardinals range from 14th to 21st. Pales into insignificance, though, because Las Vegas Raiders range <laughs> from 14th to 29th. I had them, them 14th. Gary has them at 29. Wow, Gary, that's harsh. I don't think they're very good. <laughs> good either. Really? I'm 17. Like, so, yeah, 14, 15, like 17, Jacobs, 29. You know, the offense hasn't been that great. And I just I don't think they're very good. No, fair enough. But, yeah, um, yeah. That's what this is uh, all about. It's what it's all about. Let's see where they are. Let's see what happens at week eight. I'll, I might try and write this up for the website at some point before the weekend. Very promising of you while you were away on holiday there. Well, yeah, but, but I think before the weekend, before Sunday night. But yeah, um, well, let's see. But Sorry, yeah, John, big differences. The, uh, what was the average position of the Falcons? I, I had them 30th because I think they're dreadful. Uh, 20, it was 29th. So they oh, went okay. from 26th to 30th. 26, 26, 28, 30. Yeah. See, like, there you go. See, I think the Falcons, you know, are a better team than the Raiders. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
They're a better oh. offense for three quarters. Yeah. Then they stop, and then the defense gives in anyway. So. I'd much rather watch a Falcons game than a Raiders game. Oh, he's so mad. That's not what it's called, though. It's not, it's not called an entertainment ranking. It's, it's a I power ranking. Judge. That, that might be the power that I, I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, entertainment, I'd, I'd, I'd have, have the Cowboys well up there. Cause yeah, that's I funny. did. I had them in 12, didn't I, John? You did. <laughs> yep, 12. And everyone else had them at 19 or 8. I think or it's 19. too early in a disjointed season to just discount the talent on the roster and just go based on solely on results. Of course, of course. I, well, I, I am. But I'm judging the whole roster and the Cowboys don't have a defence. Yeah, I agree. They're not a good team. They're just a good offense. A defense well, well, championship and the Super Bowl. So yeah, I oh yeah, um, I didn't even go to the playoffs. They would still be on target, but without him, they look dreadful in the middle. They really do. You can just, like Don said, you just fling them over the top. So, yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, thank you for compiling that, John. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, like you say, where we're at a week eight, because that's the real yardstick for the season, really. Um, I should also so, point out, Paul didn't Paul didn't submit the his, which normally creates some other outliers. <laughs> so uh, week eight might make might create some more when his is retired. So finally, to to note that Cam has become or is asymptomatic for the Patriots, so that means he can return next weekend providing there are no more positive tests, uh, which we really need him to come back. Because um, he is our offence. Um, and really, uh, this is how the NFL are going to try and operate in these times. They're going to try and move the bye weeks around, reschedule games and keep them on. I think they handled this well this week, if I'm honest. I don't think the NFL will do that many things well, but I, I think they handled this well. And I really hope this is going to kick some teams into really looking at there's been an update, hasn't there, in the last couple of days? So there's been a, a, a memo and a meeting between the commissioner and the team officials, yeah. and basically, you know, told them that it's, you know, these aren't guidelines that they're mandatory. Yeah. And if you cause, you know, an issue to the schedule, then you will, you know, based on not following the rules, then you will have financial and draft and. Potential forfeiture yeah. of games as well. So yeah. I think it's the only way to taking it quite seriously. I think he's quite pleased they've managed to get the games played. Yeah, and I don't I think, think he's prepared to allow, you know. They have fined a good number of teams and, and players and head coaches as well now uh, in terms of kind of not wearing the proper. How many Raiders players got done for not wearing masks? Yeah, well, the Raiders also got done because there's a Which team. Were yeah. Uh, Darren Waller was hosting a charity event and uh, a load of players turned up for that as well so they've been done for that um, and now, now there's a threat of draft picks like Gary said, I think that will you know, the first team to kind of lose a draft pick I think it'll be a bit of a shock um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I agree, I think the NFL have handled it well, I think um, I do think we're going to see an extended season, I could see like having, having, some ga- having some more regular season games going into January um, but I think, you know, especially when you consider the Titans and the Steelers situation, they've kind of ha- moved the schedule around now so that they, they had to move on the Steelers and the Ravens game to do that as well. I think that shows that they are being flexible and they are being fluid towards the situation. So fair play to them. Um, and we still get to watch football on, on Sunday evening. So that's good as well. Yeah. 
I think it'd be interesting when it when there's no room to shuffle bye weeks, whether a team will be forced to go without one. That will be interesting. Right. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, a full slate of games, bar those which are already scheduled to be off with, with, uh, with all things crossed and being lucky. Uh, thank you very much and good night. Bye. Bye.